Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. Good morning, All Nations. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we rejoice and we're glad for it. I have been looking forward to this day, October 1st, since back in January. How's that for looking forward with expectation and prayerful thanksgiving? Well, today we have a very special guest, one of our missionaries that we support on a monthly basis. But before I introduce him, I want to recall Back at the end of January, I did a big missions update that included uh, slides representing all the work that y'all support through your giving. And one of uh, some of the slides were from Regions Beyond International. And we learned that several years ago, Bruce had traveled on a mule up 10,000 feet in Ethiopia and had a four-day crusade that 20,000 people attended. A thousand left the realms of darkness and entered the marvelous light of Jesus Christ. Yes and amen. That was a few years, several years ago. Recently in 22, he went to Ethiopia and helped uh, the church plants, about eight church plants, fed many, many communities and uh, worship the Lord through his giving and his traveling. And recently, we, uh, I learned through his um, news, newsletters, and I encourage you to stop by the guest services to, to uh, be able to understand how to connect with him through his website or his email, that even an educator inspector was watching his hours of destiny she had been tormented every night with evil spirits and she couldn't sleep. And she listened and believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and that evil spirit left her and never returned and she sleeps soundly. Now she's asking the Lord for her family's salvation. And then later um, in Niger, he was, uh, Bruce was pumping gas, doing a very ordinary thing like pumping gas. A 15-year-old boy named Ismail walked up to him and he said, are you the man with the, that goes with that white preacher? I watch you in my village and the jihadists are coming and they're killing Christians and they're burning their homes and I have escaped and I want to follow Jesus, tell me how to do it. Well, right there at the gas pump, Bruce led him to faith in Jesus. Do you want to hear more of what Bruce McDonald has been doing? I say yes and amen. Please welcome Bruce McDonald. Glory to God. I am uh, happy to be here with you today. And I, I hope everybody can see me all right. Uh, 
you know, I'm about, this is a big, wide expanse to, to, to be looking and trying to make eye contact with people. So uh, I'll try, do my best, and if you'll just work with me, I'd appreciate that. And, uh, you know, one of the things, there's a few things that I notice when I, when I come into churches. And uh, the first one is, how am I greeted? Do people even care if I'm there? And, you know, sometimes even as a guest speaker, people don't care if you're there. But, uh, you know, I, I was just impressed the way I was greeted this morning and uh, welcomed home. That, that was a, a nice feeling. And uh, many people uh, have come up and greeted me. And, you know, I, I thank you for that. And I, there's a lot of people that I, I can see that I know from years past. And I'm happy to see you again as well. And uh, just looking out and just picking up a, a face or two here and there. Uh, another thing that, that I notice, and this may seem a little strange to you, uh, is crosses. You know, a, a lot of times today, maybe this goes along with wokeism, I, I don't really know, but uh, uh, the pastor, that's a, man, that's an incredible sermon series. I'm going to have to watch that for sure. But uh, a lot of churches don't have a cross anymore because it offends people. Well, I mean, everything we do in Christianity is going to offend somebody. And, you know, I, I love it when I come in and I see a cross. Because not every church has one. And, you know, I, I believe in, in the resurrection power of Jesus that came about because he died on the cross. And that cross is symbolic to everything that I believe in. I was in... Um, in Ethiopia and uh, my, my I got to the airport my flight was canceled and it was going to be a week before I could leave now you know there's a lot of good places in the world to spend a week but the capital of Ethiopia is not one of them and I mean I've been there probably a hundred times and I, I just didn't want to spend any more time there and so I looked on the on the flight board and there was a, a flight to Tel Aviv, Israel. And I thought, well, shoot, I'll get out of here. I'll go there. And so I, I sent my wife a text I, and said I was going to do that and got on that plane, flew to, to Israel and stayed in a, a Russian-owned hotel, which is good for me because I speak Russian and we lived in Russia for a long time. And um, then I uh, finally went to Jerusalem, got one of these little, uh, just arranged a tour and uh, you know, I don't know the proper names of all the, all the places there, but uh, there, there's this, this big church, Joni, you would know, that, that it sits up, up on top of the, the mountain, and it, you know, it's a, like a whole bunch of churches combined, and that, that's, that's where the cross was su supposed to have been. And uh, I had, uh, my, 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 my knee was about the size of a, of a grapefruit by that time, and uh, ended up coming back and I had knee surgery uh, actually a knee replacement before the week was out when I got home. But um, I, I climbed up uh, into that uh, church and uh, there's a ladder that goes up and I went up the ladder and, and, and my guide said, now this is where the cross was. And, uh, if you, uh, and you had to get on your, your belly and crawl into this plexiglass in, or enclosure thing and, and you could touch the place where, where the cross was. Well, you know, that, a lot of that brings back some of my old religious uh, upbringing, but uh, nevertheless, I was there and I thought, oh, I'm gonna do that. 
And, and my God said, but, but you're hurting so badly. And I said, you may have to help me get up, but I've not come this far to turn back now. And I'm gonna tell you everything in our Christian walk, we haven't come this far to turn back now. Another thing, thing I noticed, let me pull up the little note that I made uh, here. I was uh, uh, noticing in, in the worship that uh, there was a lady that was standing up here. I think it was you, had a, had a Jesus banner. Now, you know, I don't know the, the full significance of, of that, but I, I loved it. But, you know, to the outsider, it may seem a little odd. But, you know, jumping around may seem a little odd to some people. Raising your hands may seem odd to others. But the question that I would ask is, you know, I wonder what it's going to be like in heaven. I mean, man, I mean, I, I don't think that our exuberance and worship is anything like what it's going to be in heaven. Well, uh, I'm going to go on and give you my message today. And um, before I, I do that, though, I was going to read a, just a, a, a couple of testimonies to you just to kind of give you an idea of... Uh, of, of what's happening we've uh, I, my wife and I've been missionaries for now over 33 years almost 34 and um, you know it, it's just been a walk of faith the whole time and but it's been a, a wonderful walk of faith and we've had a lot of hard times but everybody does and and, and the key is overcoming those things well our primary ministry today is a uh, uh, television ministry which is something I never wanted to do. I never asked for it. I still don't want to do it. But I must be pretty good at it because our viewership's about 7 million people a week uh, in, in Muslim countries. We've got uh, our, our television program is on uh, seven different Muslim-owned stations, either by private companies or Muslim governments-owned stations. Uh, and uh, we, and it's directly on their airways. I mean, we're not piping in a program that you need a, a satellite uh, receiver to get. This is on their regular airwaves. And uh, we're on prime time every day of the week uh, for 30 minutes, commercial free, preaching the name of Jesus to Muslims. And I'm gonna tell you, you know, the, you know, we don't have a, a lot of time in this world to mess around. And so I'm not going to preach just some little message that makes you feel good. I'm going to preach the name of Jesus, who he is, and what he can do. Because that is the only thing that will draw people to him and keep them there. And uh, so anyway, th these are a couple testimonies we got this week. So this is really new. And uh, some of these may or may not be in our next newsletter. Uh, there was a, a, a coup d'etat, uh, I guess a month or, or so, maybe six weeks ago now, in uh, the, the country where we uh, do our, our programming and, uh, and recording. That is a really serious thing in Africa when you have coup military coup d'etats, particularly in countries that are Muslim, that are uh, invaded by uh, terroristic organizations. There's three different terrorist organizations that operate freely in the Sahara region of Africa, which is where we work. 
And so it, it's always, you know, you never know what's going to happen, but God has always got a plan. God's always in control. Uh, there was, I can't even pronounce the guy's name, but uh, he was a, a high political leader of the previous regime. And uh, after, he, after the, the coup, he started watching our programs. You know, I guess he didn't have anything else to do. And so uh, if you turn on the TV, we're going to be there. And uh, so he was watching, and it says that he uh, uh, got a message that he was about to be arrested. And it says that him and his wife wept. Uh, it was a Sunday evening. He was watching our program with his family. It was on the faith of God. That's a, you know, the faith in God is always a good message. I mean, you know, you can't go wrong preaching about Jesus. And, uh, and at the end of the program, he gathered his family and prayed for salvation. I mean, these are all Muslim people. I mean, these are Muslim governments. I mean, they're all, everybody I talk about, just about, unless I tell you differently, is going to be a Muslim uh, or previous Muslim. And it said that they also prayed that he would not be arrested. The next morning, he received a message from the same person that told him he was going to be arrested saying that someone had pleaded his case and the charges were dropped. And, you know, I don't know, but this, this, this leader believes that it was Jesus that pleaded his case. And, you know, why not? I believe that as well. Also got a, a message uh, this uh, this week that there was a, a woman that brought her daughter to the hospital, spent all of her money trying to, you know, a little girl trying to, she was sick, didn't get any better. And so she brought her home not knowing what to do. And she was listening to our, our program. And uh, as I began to pray for the sick, she brought her daughter close to the TV. This, this kind of thing happens regularly now. Uh, she brought her, her daughter close to the TV, laid her hands on her, agreed in prayer, and the girl was healed instantly. Now, you know what, what happens when people see that? What do they do? They, they, they uh, turn to Jesus because they don't know what else to do. That's a good place to turn. Anyway, turn to your Bibles into the book of Isaiah. Well, let me start in Genesis, but go ahead and turn to Isaiah chapter number 46. And uh, you know, th this message really is a, a, a compilation of my life. And, I, and you know, I would hope that any time we preach that it's a compilation of something that God has put in us that can be released. But when, when I was first asked to be here, it was for a testimony, and that testimony has grown, so I'm going to give you a growing testimony into the message today. Title of the message is God Meant It for Good. And it begins in the book of Genesis, chapter number 50, verse number 20. And it just, you know, I'm going I'm to give you the background and then I'm going to tell you the application as, as we go through. And it says, this is the words of Joseph to his brothers after their father died. And he said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. You know, if, if we look at trials and tribulations in life as an opportunity to see the goodness of God work instead of complaining about them, you'd be amazed at what can happen in your life. 
And, and Joseph said, you intended, and of course that's the devil always tries to, to hurt us. He has no power over the Christian, incidentally. Greater is the one that's in you that's in the world. You better learn to believe that and operate in it and thank God for it every day. But you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. The saving of many lives. See, God just doesn't work in our lives and, and, and bring us through trials just for our own benefit. He does it so that his plan in this world can be accomplished through you. You know, you got to have a testimony. You've got to be able to tell people about Jesus and what he did for me, he can do for you as well. And, and, and that's, that's the purpose behind that scripture. Now, let me look at Isaiah chapter number 46 as I carry on through this, beginning in verse number 11. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God, and there is no other. You know, if, if we just stop with every line that I'm going to read, we could stop this message right now, right at that point, and it would be complete. Because everything we need to know is contained right here. I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there's none like me. There is power in those words. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. And I say my purpose will stand, and I will do everything that I please. Glory to God. God's plan is going to be accomplished. You know, this, this next part is not, not so much a, a missions thing, but it's a life thing. Things are not the greatest in this world, but you know what? They never have been. You know, if I watch news very often, I get depressed. I mean, if, 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 I, if I go out of the country or go somewhere and miss it for a week or two weeks and, and come back and turn it on, it's like the same story all over again. I didn't miss a dadgum thing. And, um, but <laughs> we have just got to keep in mind that God's plan is going to be accomplished, period. No matter what we see or hear, God's plan will never fail. From the east, I summon a bird of prey, and from a far-off land, a man to fulfill my purpose. I say glory to God to that. What I have said, that will I bring about, and what I have planned, that is what I will do. First, let me just give you some, a little bit more insight. You know, I mentioned that we've been missionaries now for about 35 years, and uh, we're working primarily in... Uh, the Muslim countries of Northern Africa, but that, that's not exactly where we got started. We reach more people today in our ministry than ever before. You know, I, I actually, uh, I never thought that would be possible. We, we started our, our ministry in the former, our missionary ministry in the former Soviet Union back when it was the Soviet Union. You know, I remember when, when we uh, told our children that God had called us to move to, uh, we called it Russia, and, uh, and our, our children had very different reactions. Our daughter said, 
Now, they were small, you know, they were pretty small. And our daughter said, well, Dad, if that's what God wants, that's what we're going to do. Our son said, Dad, there are enemies. We can't move there. And yet, that, that is where we started. Life wasn't easy in the former Soviet Union. Uh, I, I, I moved about six months before my family, but my family arrived in January. It's, it's cold in Russia in January. We had, we had a friend come one time and they didn't bring a coat. And they said, I didn't know it was gonna be cold here. It's not cold back home in Tallahassee. I said, brother, you're not in Tallahassee. You're in Moscow, Russia. It's cold here in the winter. Didn't you really realize that? Our, you know, when, when our, our, uh, uh, our first uh, thing that happened with our children, our son got off the airplane back, back then. We, they had, we had to get on the tarmac and, and walk in and he's, he stepped off the, the airplane and hit the ice. His feet went out from under him and he fell flat on his back. Now, I didn't say this to him, but I, I can think it now. Welcome to the mission field. It's not always what we think it's going to be. You know, when we first lived in the Soviet Union, the uh, KGB sat outside our apartment 24 hours a day, uh, except when they followed us. And when they followed us, somebody else came and went in our apartment to check things out. Yeah, it's all right. We don't have anything to hide. We're not doing anything that's subversive. All we do and then and still do is talk about Jesus. But they, they listened to everything that, was, uh, that went on in our apartment, every conversation, every phone call. Uh, that, you know, <laughs> takes a little getting used to. But um, God meant that for good as well. Because if we got lost... The KGB was there. I mean, it was truly amazing the places that they would show up. I'd, I'd get on an airplane flying off to do a, a crusade somewhere and, and uh, I'd look and, 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 and there's our KGB agent right on the plane with me. You could just count on it like clockwork. If, if we needed something, Vladimir, he was always there. You know, if we didn't know where to buy something, he would tell us where to go get it. You know, that was, that was back in the days, and you saw it on the TV, where the, there was not much on the store shelves. And, uh, but there was always stuff there. You just had to know how to get it. And God gave us a man that knew how to get it. So, you know, God means things for good. He'll work good in your life if you'll look for those opportunities. Well, we began to evangelize in the, uh, uh, still the Soviet Union when it was supposedly illegal to do it. You know, God is not very subject to the laws of man. Realize that. Man can pass a law, but God doesn't have to obey it. And, you know, I, was, uh, I only got arrested a couple times. My wife got arrested once. That, that's, that's not too bad uh, for what we were doing and when we were doing it. And um, one of the places I, I was uh, arrested was in uh, Kharkov, Ukraine, which is where I went to language school as well. And uh, that place has been basically destroyed by the, by the war. And a lot of our friends, we can't even locate them anymore. 
but uh, I know where they are if they're not on this earth. You know, I've never kept track of, of numbers in our ministry. People all the time ask me to, how many people got baptized this year, how many people got saved, so forth. I don't know. They're just a lot. We, we don't keep track of that. And, but but I, I feel extremely confident in telling you that in the time that we were in the Soviet Union living there, that uh, more than a million people were saved. That is, I mean, that, that is a lot of people. And uh, a Pentecostal bishop told me about uh, five years ago, uh, you know, at a time I was really kind of discouraged. I needed more back surgery and my, I mean, you know, things just physically weren't going to, in my favor. And he knew that I was a little bit discouraged. And he said, Bruce, you need to know that in the time that you lived here, more than 1,500 churches have been established because of your ministry in, in, in the former Soviet Union. You know, we can't always see what God is doing, but God sees it from the beginning until the end. God's got a plan and he's got a finish and we're part of it and we need to be right in that flow and allow him to do what he's gonna do in our lives. In uh, the year 2000, uh, when uh, Putin came into power, you all know that name, uh, he, uh, he uh, sent a message that my visa was not going to be renewed. That's kind of a big deal for a, a missionary that depends on a visa to live there and operate. And uh, basically, he was making an example of me. Uh, and uh, my picture, my name got on newspapers from coast to coast, calling me the Satan from America because I was there to steal the souls of the Russian people. And, you know, to be Russian is to be orthodox. To be orthodox is to be Russian. They're just, that's part of their, their culture. And so I understand his thought is just wrong. And uh, that happens a lot with people. And so anyway, we, uh, we left, didn't know where to go, and um, ended up moving to, uh, to Africa, basically because we didn't know what else to do. If you don't know what to do, just do something. And um, there was, uh, oh, let's see, there was, um, let me get that. I, I made the, this note uh, when I was listening to one of your worship songs. And uh, my question is, when you seek the Lord and he doesn't answer, what do you do then? You know, I, I remember I, I, that, that, was, that was happening to me. I'd been about six months trying to get direction from the Lord, just couldn't get the direction. Any of you ever been like that? Where you just pray and that, that answer does not come. Now, a lot of you, it's not the case. You know, but for me, that was a real thing. We didn't know what to do, where to go. And uh, so I, I went uh, on a pilgrimage by myself and just believed that God would uh, answer me. He didn't. And then I was in... Uh, from there, I went to, the, uh, to Rwanda and Congo, and uh, this is right, about the t right after the uh, genocide in Rwanda, and I was in a refugee camp with about a million people uh, in which I was going to have an opportunity to preach the gospel. That's, that's a pretty, that's, that's, only God can arrange things like that. We didn't have a lot of money. We were not a big ministry that could just hire all this stuff, you know, and so we just have to depend on God. And I was laying on, on a cot one night looking at the stars, and, I, and I, I just asked God, I said, why haven't you 
answered me. You ever ask that of God? Why don't you respond? And the Lord just spoke to my spirit and he said, I just wanted to see what you would do if you did not hear from me. Will you remain faithful? See, that, that's, that's the question. Will we remain faithful to the Lord? And that's always been my primary desire is to do what God wants me to do. Not what others want me to do, but God, what do you want me to do? And I'm going to do everything I can to be obedient to that. And God honors that attitude in people. Well, from there, we uh, moved to, um, to Nairobi, Kenya, which, uh, in fact, we met uh, Nikki was Hernandez back in, or Fernandez back, back, uh, back in those days. She, she spent some time with us and kind of looked after her a little bit. And I, she, she might agree with this. Uh, I, I discovered that uh, Nairobi is a great place to visit but a lousy place to live. And that's primarily because of security issues. Just, you know, it's, it's not really safe for a, for a foreigner to live there. And, um, but God always protected us. I think every one of our neighbors uh, were broken into, had cars stolen, you know, stuff stolen out of their house. Every one of them, but not ours. Isn't it amazing? I lived in a little compound with 11 uh, houses in it every in, in the in the almost eight years that we lived there everybody was broken into and robbed except us I'd say that's just God providing his protection for his children well from from, from and I'm just giving you a background to lead you to where we are from from Nairobi we uh, uh, began to minister in uh, Rwanda Burundi Congo, which is Zaire back then, Sudan, Ethiopia, all of them tough places. My son and I were in uh, Goma, uh, Congo, and uh, I, was, I was preaching an open-air crusade, which I, I like to do, and uh, Congo is an absolutely wonderful place to minister. And uh, as I was preaching, now I was preaching in Russian because they didn't particularly like Americans back in those days. My son was translating into English and then it was translated into the local language. And I think my son, he, must, he was in high school, so I don't know, between 16 and 18 years old, I guess. And um, as I was preaching, a volcano began to erupt in the background behind us. And, you know, I just changed my message a little bit and, and said, the fires of hell are coming after you. You would be amazed the response you'll get with, with a volcano erupting and you're preaching the fires of hell are coming after you. People will, will they will respond. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's just part of the, the stuff that, that you know, I, I could give you stories until the day ends about things that happened in that area. From, from the, uh, now, the, the question is, how did we get involved in uh, TV ministry? It's not something I wanted to do. Still don't want to do it. And as I said, though, I'm probably pretty good at it because it's going well. Uh, sometimes we, we discover that God's open doors for us come. And listen to this. 
when you're not looking for them, but you're just being faithful in what you know to do today. So you, you put yourself in that ready position for God to use you. I was still living in, in, in Moscow at that time, and I received a, a, an invitation uh, to preach in a, 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 a crusade in a Muslim country in North Africa. Uh, you know, think about this. These are Muslim countries with Al-Qaeda and Boko Haram and other terrorist groups actively involved in those things. And, uh, and you're going to preach an open-air crusade. And um, I, I was preaching a crusade one time, you know, and, uh, and this one pastor was with me and a rock hit him. And he said, Bruce, somebody's throwing rocks. And I said, I know. And he said, but one hit me. And I said, brother, you just need to get closer to me because they're all missing me. And I'm going to tell you that it's happened many times. And, 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 and in no situation has, has, have we ever been injured by something like that. I don't know how people can miss like that, but they do when God is causing those rocks to go in a different direction. Well, anyway, from there, one door opened after another. And... Um, we ended up uh, in, a, in a little town, uh, I won't mention the name of it, but it was a town that was famous for a witch doctor that could turn people into animals. You know, I don't know if you believe it or not, but I actually do. Because I know the power of Satan is, is, is real and it's strong. And, uh, and I also know that Jesus is greater. Anyway, uh, one of the nights I was in my room and we batten down the, the windows and they had shutters on them. You close them and lock everything up. And, and I woke up in the middle of the night and there's this black dog standing beside me. Red eyes, sharp teeth. He kind of looked like one of those dogs you'd see in, in, you know, in the Egyptian uh, murals and things. Well, I knew what it was. It's just a, a demon was there trying to bother me. You know, and here I am, this town where witch doctors can turn people into animals. I actually, you know, like I said, I, I believe that could happen. I just looked at that dog and I said, get out of here. I walked out to breakfast the next morning and I, and I said uh, to the pastor that was with me, I said, man, you won't believe what happened to me last night. And he said, I bet I do. He said, there was a dog that came in my room. And I said, yeah, I told him to get out of here. I guess I just didn't say far enough. <laughs> anyway, in that crusade, this is the defining moment. And in our lives, we'll have defining moments. And I was, uh, the first night of the crusade it was just not very good. I mean, I, if you're preaching a crusade, you want people to get saved. I mean, that's kind of the point. Nobody got saved that first night. And, uh, you know, that doesn't bother me a whole lot because, you know, I see a bigger picture that God's doing. I walked off the platform and the Lord told me to go back. That's all. He just said, go back on the platform. So we turned the lights back on, turned the sound back on, and the Lord gave me a word of knowledge, very specific. And he said, there's a little boy here, and you're about this tall, and you've got a burn on your left arm that's the shape of an egg. And the crowd began to buzz. I knew something was happening, and they, they ushered 
this little boy forward, I don't know, eight or 10 years old, and I could see in the moonlight that there was, uh, I could see the white of his bone, an egg-shaped burn on his, on, his, on his left forearm. And while people watched, God healed him instantly. I mean, that is a miracle above miracles. And um, anyway, the, uh, the word of that went all over the countryside. I mean, they've got this incredible communications network. And the next night and every night after, people were just thronging, Muslims thronging to get saved and healed and delivered. And, you know, God didn't disappoint them. Well, the, the national TV station uh, sent a message. They wanted to interview me live on the evening news. It's the 6 o'clock news when I got back. And, uh, you know, I just didn't like doing stuff like that. Still don't. And uh, they, they, they gave me a, a list of questions to prepare for, which I did. Got to the interview. They didn't ask me a single question on that list. And everything they asked me, I felt like was just trying to trap me into something. And so I thought, well, to heck with this, I'll just tell them what I want to. What have I got to lose? And so I did. And I told them that Jesus was the only hope for their nation. <laughs> Out of that came an invitation at that station to do a live program every Sunday at six o'clock. And, 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 and so we, we started doing that. It wasn't long before we started receiving phone calls from, from other TV stations wanting us to know if, if uh, they could show our program as well. You know, only, I'm telling you, only God can do something like that. God is a miracle-working God, and he can press through every need, every problem, every situation, every culture, every, everything that, that this world faces. God is can push through and overcome those things. And so one thing led to another, and the next thing I know, we're on seven TV stations preaching the gospel. And uh, they had a coup d'etat, like I said, about six weeks ago. And you just never exactly know what, what's going to happen. But out of that coup d'etat, uh, there's a military junta. Uh, calls, they they uh, uh, called... Uh, wanted to, to meet with us. Well, I, I, was in, I was here in Tallahassee when that happened. And so our, our leader, his name is Pastor Sabo, he went and, uh, and met with them for us. And uh, they said, you know, we just want you to know and hear it from us that we're going to do nothing to stop your TV program. Your TV program is bringing calm and security to this country. You know, all, all the Muslim preachers are, are preaching all this radical stuff and 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 here you're, you're coming in and 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 preaching hope and healing for people and for the nation and we want you to continue on and then about two or three days later got a call that the tv station wanted to double our programming time free Before the week was out, every one of the stations had doubled their time free for us. Uh, you know, only God can, can do stuff like that. Now, you know, it's a little bit extra for us because we got a lot of TV programming to do and, and to record, but we'll, we'll get it done. 
always have, God will do it for us. Well, when I, when I got back uh, to the States after my last trip, um, there, there was something wrong with me. I mean, I, you know, I wasn't sure what it was and um, ended up in the ER, spent eight hours in, in the ER here in Tallahassee. My foot, my right foot was swollen. That was from uh, a back surgery that didn't go exactly right and it was uh, compressing some nerves and no hope outside of a miracle healing for something like that. And, uh, but I had something, so I went to the uh, ER, they ran 15 different rounds of tests on me, found that I had some bacteria in my gut that was, obviously I got in Africa, probably from a, a meal that I ate. And uh, they couldn't identify what it was, but they knew I, it wasn't gonna kill me. That's all I wanted to know. <laughs> so. Anyway, the doctor's looking at my foot as I'm laying on the table, and he said, what's wrong with your foot? You know, it was swollen so big I couldn't get a shoe on. And uh, so I told him, and, I, and uh, he said, I think I know what that is. And so he diagnosed it. I went, got some tests done on it, and that is exactly what it was. Uh, three little uh, outpatient procedures that are relatively painless has, is taking care of it and I've got feeling back in my right foot again. I'm, I'm learning to use it and strengthen it and walk again. I'd about developed a, what they call a, a floppy foot. And, um, but, but God was, was in that as well. You know, God meant it for good. Now here I was, sick in the ER, and God somehow used that to bring a doctor that could diagnose this problem that if it wasn't fixed, could take my life down the road. God meant it for good. God doesn't cause illness, but he does, he can use it in our attitude to bring about miracles and change in our lives. Let me uh, uh, read a, a couple more testimonies from our, our newsletters that are, that are out there. And um, like I say, uh, Ann invited you all to, to get one of those and this is um, right after the, uh, the, the, um, the coup d'etat. I, I, I wrote this newsletter that, that week. And um, there was a, a soldier uh, that gave his life to Jesus by watching our television program in, in the barracks. You know, it's, it's amazing. I mean, I, I still can't get over this. Muslim countries, Muslim armies, Muslim barracks, and they're watching Christian television. <laughs> There's gotta be something they're hearing that, that makes a difference. Now, I'm not anti anything except sin. I never mention anything about their uh, religion or their beliefs. It's not important. All that's important is Jesus. Let's focus on, on that as we live in, in this world. Anyway, this, this uh, soldier said, that our programs are an oasis of hope in troubled times. You know, in the Sahara Desert, I wrote, oases are a fertile spot where water is found. And as such, they're, they're the source of life in the midst of barren and dry land. And this soldier knew that Jesus provided rest and security. See, when, there, when, when, when there's no hope in the world, there is hope in Jesus. National TV station 
chose to uh, continue broadcasting our programs because their director said the gospel message brings order and clarity to people's troubled hearts. Man, I mean, you know, that's an astounding statement from a Muslim that the gospel brings order and clarity to troubled hearts, and yet it does. At the same time, there was a, a young boy, now his name was Musa, and uh, his, he was very sick. The doctors couldn't help him. They took him to the mosque, and the imam offered no hope, wouldn't even pray for him. And so as, as a last resort, they, they had heard about our TV programs. You know, when, when God's doing something, it kind of travels. If God's doing miracles in your life, it, the word will travel. And uh, so, so they uh, watched the TV, and they heard me say, you know, this can only be from God, because I don't, I don't know what else you could say. Only God does this. They heard me say there's a young boy that the doctors can't help, but Jesus can. And they brought him up, and he was close to the TV, and he was healed instantly. That, and, that, and that Muslim family is now, now attending church. <laughs> a former Muslim government official sent his wife to us to get copies of all our programs <laughs> so they could watch the programs at home. And she said that the programs cools her heart and brings peace to our husband. I mean, I, you know, that may be not, not the way I would say it, but that's, that's my culture. But in her, her culture, that it, it cools her heart and brings peace to her husband. And, you know, I don't, we've, we've recorded so many programs, there's no way we could give her copies of all of them, but we probably sent her home with a few hundred of them uh, that day so that uh, they could have something to listen to. Uh, another military chief, this is the, the general, uh, the very next day, he said, God hears your prayers. We've seen it on television and know that Jesus can help even the Muslims. Well, then another Muslim leader said the soldiers see what, and remember the soldiers are in charge. This is a dangerous time. The soldiers see what God can do when we trust him and even when we are surrounded by countless enemies, just like the days of Ezekiel. And you know, that's where we are now. I've had um, more knee surgeries than I, than I can remember quite candidly. I've had four knee replacements. That's three on one knee and one on the other. Just, you know, doctor said I just wear it out, wear my body out with, with what we do. I mean, it's, you think about hours and hours and years and years on uh, horses or four-wheel drive vehicles or you know, sleeping in cargo holds of Russian airplanes, which we did many times, sleeping on the ground, which we did most of the time in Africa when we couldn't find a place to live. And um, so anyway, the first two uh, knee surgeries on my right knee, weren't, they, didn't, they didn't hold up. One of them was too loose. I'm very limber. And uh, it, the first one was too loose, or the second one was too loose. And uh, it was like walking on a rickety ladder. And so they uh, took it out, tightened it up, did it over again. And in combination with that, I've had five major back surgeries. I've got more metal in me than uh, 
you can imagine. I, I, was, I was in uh, one uh, African country and set off the, the uh, alarm at the airport and uh, told the guy about it. He wanted me to, it was, this happened to be on my knee, and he wanted me to take it out and show him. I rolled my pants leg up and I said, I don't have a zipper on my knee. I can't take it out. But, but anyway, you know, I'm telling you that because I can't do what I used to do. I mean, it's just, I, I can't do it. Physically, I, I might uh, cause myself to be permanently paralyzed. But what I can do is to sit in front of a TV camera all day long, days on end, and record TV programs that people will respond to. I can do that. God knew from the beginning until the end the plans that he had for me. You know, I would have never seen this ending, and just like you may never see your ending, God has an ending for you. And, and it's a good one. We're reaching more people for the gospel today than we ever have. And I, that's a miracle. Well, that's my time. And I, uh, I thank you for, for being here and listening to me. And I, I appreciate it. And I pray, listen, I pray that God would touch you just where you are right now. You know, so many miracles and healings we see come through TV wires, I mean, to TV programs. I'm not there in person, but it's the power of God that's reaching out and touching them. And if we'll just receive that and open up to hear and receive what God's doing, he can do it for you right at this very instant. Amen. Well, Ann, thank you for arranging this. May God bless you all. And... Uh, I hope that I'll have an opportunity to come back again and just, just not necessarily preach, but just be with you. It's been, it's been good today. Thank you. I did it. I didn't have to sit down. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Your hearts are stirred like mine. Yes? Yes. And he does it for the glory of God. He does. And he doesn't wallow in the difficulties he's had. He, uh, you know, he's honest of what's happened in his physical being, but he does not allow that to define him. God knows the plan. Cal and I were listening to Psalm 126 teaching on our way in this morning. We have about an hour drive, so we have a long time to, to listen to a great teaching. And it was 126, Psalm 126, verses 5 and 6 were the conclusion. Those who sow in tears shall reap with joyful shouting. He who goes to and fro weeping, carrying his bag of seed. Jesus is the seed of life. This person shall indeed come again with a shout of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. Have we not heard of the millions who have received the seed of truth 
and belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we, along with Bruce and Becky and their family, are rejoicing as we see the multiplication of what they have done over these years. And I know we want to join, continually join, and support him, not only with our prayers, but also with our giving. And so, ushers, will you come forward? We, we want to continue to sow into regions beyond international. And if you do make out a check, then it, in the memo, it can be for regions beyond international, or there would be a drop-down box. Either it's under Bruce and Becky McDonald or regions beyond international. Father, we thank you. We stand in awe of you. You are the one who orders the steps of a righteous man. We are righteous only because of the blood of the Lamb. And so we thank you for allowing us to just partner with your awesomeness as you use Bruce and Becky and the Hours of Destiny program that goes to millions every week. We bless your holy name, Lord. And we ask that you use our offering, our gift of thanksgiving to be multiplied and extend this to regions beyond. In Jesus' name, amen. You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.